Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 197 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I'm Jesse Blue Gatorade Wilson. Blue Gatorade. Mm. Naturally, we called it Gatorade. <laughs> That's from a Gatorade commercial. Really? Yeah, because it was developed by the University right, of Florida. Yeah. And they had like this old guy, and he said, "Naturally, we called it Gatorade." Gatorade. Naturally, why you're why are you drinking blue Gatorade, sir? Um, I'm literally sick and tired. Cool. Yeah, you know the uh, like World War II footage of all the planes, mm-hmm. like the bombers mm-hmm. over Dresden, just dropping like huge payloads of bombs over and over and over. Yep. That's been me all day. Oh, geez. Yeah. Don't so. need to know which end. I am. Don't rear, need to know which rear end. Hatch. Open Don't the rear hatch for that. that payload. Didn't need to know that. And uh, yeah, I'm like, I've dehydrated my entire body and I'm literally a prune now. Excellent. Fruit. Yeah, I'm a prune. I've, I've been getting into drinking water again. <laughs> um, last weekend I played a softball game. We played three softball games. We played softball for four hours straight. Wow. And I drank nothing but beer during it. And yeah. I, oh, well, I didn't, it's not the only thing. Somebody made like a little, nice little cooler with like Arnold Palmer's in it. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll do this. So I like grab a cup, fill it up to the top with this Arnold Palmer, drink it. I'm about halfway through. And then I go, wait a second, is there vodka in this? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Who puts vodka in an Arnold Palmer? Apparently it was iced tea vodka and oh, lemonade. And lemonade. Well, you got like, you got like the booze version of the pot brownie that you didn't know you were eating. Mm-hmm. Wow. I did get home and I immediately cramped up. My hand cramped. <laughs> and then while I was dealing with that, my hip cramped at the same time. Wow, you're getting you're mm-hmm. getting a little old there. Becoming an oldie moly, but uh, you know, other than that, pretty good weekend. Sweet. Uh, when's the days of pa- days of future past, the X-Men movie? I've been hearing good things. I enjoyed it, man. I think it might be my favorite movie of the summer so far. Cool. And I'm not like a huge X-Men dude, but this is easily my favorite X-Men movie. Was Frasier in it? He has a cameo. Spoiler alert. Which is a major spoiler because he dies. <laughs> Spoiled. Yeah. You know, and I think he dies in X3. I don't I don't remember. Spoiler alert on X3, by the way. Yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, what are you drinking? Oh, you're drinking Blue Gatorade. I am drinking, uh, to commemorate this wonderful weather that we are experiencing here in Western Washington, I am drinking Dos Equis Cerveza. Ooh. My favorite cerveza, Dos Equis Amber, mm. uh, brought to you from the yellow hills of Guadalajara. I, I don't know where it's from, but it's delicious. Um, and uh, and you got to drink it with lime. I don't know what it is, man, but like I crave, crave, crave cerveza when it gets hot outside. I just love that skunky beer flavor. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. Well, how, do you know how to achieve a skunky beer flavor? Um, well, it's not like desired. Mm-hmm. It's not flavor. It's what happens when there's too much uh, light exposure to your beer and the the hop essential oils break down, and one of the uh, things one of the molecules it breaks down to is literally the same molecule that skunks produce to, awesome. for their stink attack but i, I feel like, like skunky beers too i feel like a skunk a. yeah i feel like a good cerveza's gotta have a little skunk in it a little skunk factor yeah 
you know, it came all the way from uh, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Coronas and Pacificos are in glass bottles, so that ain't soaking up any right. part of the light spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, it sits around in the back of your convenience store for three and a half months, and then you drink it. And yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. That's beer. That's the journey of beer, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to listener feedback this week. We got a couple phone calls. Uh, very, very excited about it. You can give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. 360-362-0024. Here's our first one. Uh, comes to us from a 575 area code. Here it is. This message is for Evelyn. This is Dave at About Frames, and we have a frame job ready for you. We'll be open today till 2. Normal hours are Tuesday through Friday, 9 to 530. Thanks. <laughs> Uh-oh. Evelyn, man. See, th- we got the – it's a mob. Well, the thing about this is that Evelyn needs to just give them her direct phone number because I'm I, she's obviously a listener. <laughs> she wants to know about it on her time. So she's going to w- listen to the podcast, wait for her frame to be ready. So, Evelyn, your frame is ready at, a, at frame – if he's at a frame job – yeah, no, that's why oh I'm, God, I think is, this is gangster code. I think you're, you're totally right. You're totally it's right. This is a frame job. The frame job is ready. It's two o'clock, yeah. Evelyn. <laughs> Evelyn, <laughs> frame job. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so, anyway, the frame job is ready, Evelyn. Let us know how that turns out for you. Uh, we also got another phone call. This one comes to us from Virginia. Hey, Eric and Jesse. It's Michael McBride from Virginia here again. Um me and my wife just got a new apartment, and I was just thinking we were having like an argument over our spare bedroom. She was trying to say it's going to be her craft room. I've been talking about, no, it's going to be my man cave and all that craziness. Well, I was just wondering, what would y'all's uh, ideal man cave consist of? All right, guys. Have a good day. Stay arrogant. Get off my back. Oh, this is a, such a good question. It could almost be its own topic. Mm. Um. But I would definitely want a gaming table of my yeah, own design. I would. I would need the gaming table too. Felt top uh, with a projector mm-hmm. on the very okay. top of the so, thing, so that it shines. Up, so you can project things onto it. Onto the felt. Yeah. Huh. You just get like white felt. Oh, I, like, I I immediately thought green. Cream, cream felt. Do they make cream felt? Oh, they make felt in every color, dude. I mean, that's one of my favorite mixed drinks. Mm-hmm. Cream felt. Cream felt. Um, I played. I used to play D anD D when I was a young lad on a big gaming table, mm-hmm. and it was like glass top, and then it had like hexagonal paper underneath it, and you yeah. could draw on it with like a, a you know, dry erase pen or whatever. Yeah, and that was pretty slick. That is super slick. I mean, you could you get, you're probably going to want interchangeable tops mm. on your table. Um, which is pretty common, and but it has to be sunken. It has to have cup holders on the sides, so there's no spillage into it. Um, I would also think it'd be cool if there were little dice rollers or dice towers built into the sides. Dice towers are so stupid. But this is the cool thing about it is that like if it's in the table, it's like an accessory. No, it's, like, it's still stupid. My favorite thing about my car is that there are these two secret compartments that are right next to the clock that you like. You don't know they're there, but if you press on them, then they come out. It's like this little drawer, like in Tomorrow Never Dies. It's awesome, like, but it's completely <laughs> unnecessary, and they're also and, too small to put anything in. And you have a dice tower in each of them. Yes. Or where did I mean? How does this tie in? I'm just saying that that's an unnecessary thing, but it's like the coolest thing in the car. A dice tower on your table is unnecessary, but also very cool. It's Eric with the unnecessary un- accessories. Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. And you can get the uh, the clear coat as well for your Minnesota winters. That's a Fargo reference. Anyway, so we'd have to have that. Another thing that I really want in my in my man cave, of course, a big TV is key, but I also want bunk beds. <laughs> We've been over this. Yeah. You and your weird obsession with bunk beds. I love bunk beds. I've always loved bunk beds. I had a bunk bed when I was a kid, but I didn't have anybody else sleeping in it. <laughs> my parents just bunked my beds, and I slept on the top bunk. <laughs> and there was nobody on the bottom bunk except a bunch of trash. I basically turned it into a trash bed. <laughs> uh, in fact, I thought it was really weird when people would sleep on the bottom bunk. Eric was a young hoarder. I, w- I really was. He was with the like- Young Hoarders Association of America. I feel like most children are hoarders. No, yeah, kids don't know how to, like, that's a skill you develop in, like, your 20s, being able to, like, go through your stuff yeah. and be like, I don't really need this, I'm going to get rid of it. It took me so long to just realize that, like, I'm nobody's ever going to make a museum of me, so I could probably- Well, you kind of made a museum of you. Yes, but I curated it. it. Before, it was like an open raid museum. It was like basically like I opened a museum and it just had a bunch of shelves and then I put a bunch of stuff on it and uh-huh. sat there. This is a curated museum of me. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to realize that like you can throw out 99% of everything you've ever owned and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you have a hard time throwing out? Um, I don't know. I have a hard time throwing out books. But I've gotten pretty good at like. Yeah. Being okay with donating stuff to Goodwill, even though I know it's probably going to end up in the trash anyway. Yeah, but you feel good about it. Yeah, totally. I don't know. When Lydia moved into my apartment, we literally went through my entire closet and got rid of like 90% of my clothes. She just like sat on the bed, gave me thumbs up, thumbs down for everything in my closet. Jeez. I owned a lot <laughs> got of clothes. Marcus Aurelius over here. Yeah, exactly. I owned a lot of clothes that I had had since high school. So it was a good it was a good uh, culling of the clothing. No, I did <laughs> that was a great Stephen King novel. Mm-hmm. I do that periodically whenever I start bumping up on my maximum threshold in my mm-hmm. closet. I just I go through and I'm really like, "Am I does I I don't wear this." So apparently man cave no clothes. No clothes in the man cave. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all you need is like a gamer table, a big TV, a comfy couch, and some bunk beds. Yeah, not okay. What I would do for my man cave, though, I would have the nice table, but I would turn it into more of a study. For one ah. thing, I kind of hate the word man cave. Yeah. But I'd like to have like some nice shelves with the aforementioned books that I can't throw out, mm-hmm. some like cool maps of the world, and like one of those like old school leather uh, chairs with like the the red leather and like the brass tacks you know Mm -hmm. one of those and then and then uh yeah i could just lounge in there and be like hmm i see that uh you this ukraine crisis is really starting to spill over borders (laughs) see i would want i don't you you don't watch mad men do you in Mad Men, Don Draper has an apartment with a sunken living room with a built-in sectional couch that wraps around the whole thing. Mm. I feel like that is like the most boss thing you can have is if your couch is built into your home. Like, yeah, that's you got to be badass. really committed to that couch, though. I'm committed, dude, and it's going to be a couch, and then part of it will be a bunk bed. Speaking of TV <laughs> shows that only one of us watch, uh-huh. Eric, I was watching Bachelorette. Oh yeah, which has become a guilty pleasure of mine. Got it. And this last episode, um, I think it was on Monday, uh, it, it was super weird. Mm-hmm. 
they're like, there's 10 dudes and they do like a five on five basketball game to determine <laughs> the winning team gets to all go on a date with her that night, mm-hmm. like one on one throughout the course of the night. Yeah. Makes and sense. And it was super unfair because one of the teams had a guy who was a, ba- a basketball coach. Uh-huh. So, of course, they, they like totally smoked the other team, right? They're all going on their dates. And then, like, she gets in an argument with one of the guys because the guy's like, I just feel like you're being uh, artificial. And, and she's like, I'm not being artificial. This is totally real. She, like, kicks him out of the house, right? He leaves in a taxi. Okay. Then, then there's a commercial break, and they come back. And you can tell, like, it's that like the next segment was filmed like now it uh-huh. wasn't like part of uh-huh. the filming they did back then and uh-huh. they were like uh after he left the show michael was tragically killed in a skydiving accident mm. it was so bizarre they're like we we feel like we don't need to show the rose ceremony because it would be a bad taste jesus <laughs> it was so weird <laughs> oh, and by skydiving i mean hang gliding okay <laughs> Dude, that sounds like it's probably fake. I, I, don't, I don't think know. anything on that show is real. I don't think they would fake a contestant dying in a hang gliding accident. Hang gliding? What is this, 1988? Nobody hang glides anymore. Well, he might have been the last one. It's called squirrel suit or bust, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what I would I would have a picture of him in my man cave. I would hang also gliding. want to access the man cave via bookshelf door. Secret passageway. Ooh, that would be cool. No, gaming shelf door. Yeah. You have to pull out Arkham Horror, and then you have to push the portal that is on the Hysterical Society. It's really elaborate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, yeah, some kind of Rube Goldberg apparatus would be cool. Maybe a Rube Goldberg dice roller. Yeah, you can have that. I've always wanted a train, too, but I wanted to deliver something. uh, this is turning into Eric's bottom bunk when he was 12 years old. <laughs> What's that show I'm thinking? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Actually, that would be my Supreme Man Cave would just be a recreation of the set of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood with the fish. Mm. Traffic light, fish, picture, picture, kitchen. Oh, there's got to be a beer fridge. Just put a gaming table in the middle, and then you like tell the, the trolley what game you want, and it goes and gets it for you from a secret tunnel in the ma- neighborhood of make-believe. I would also want, like, a draft beer system. I'm so with Oh, that. I did see a gaming table on Reddit that they had draft, um, they had taps in each seat. So you what? could just, so you put a keg in the middle, you put a kegerator in the middle, and then each seat had a tap. So you could huh. just keep filling up your beer from your seat from the tap. That's pretty cool. That was boss. <laughs> right next to the dice roller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one more uh, voicemail here. JR sent us a bunch, so we're going to spread these out over time. But this is JR's first uh, I'm Back voicemail. Here it is. What's up, guys? It's JR from Philly. I've been gone for a while, but now I'm back. I'm on vacation this week for Philly Beer Week. And I am going, it took a vacation day, but I'm just going to sit here and record voicemails all week and send them in to you guys. So. <laughs> stockpile them blow them all out at once you do whatever you want i spent this last weekend up with my wife in upstate new york around the finger lakes and i wanted to report out there is an interesting craft beer scene going on up there so that area is known to have a ton of wineries and a lot of them seem to have tacked on 
quote breweries uh, to pander to that different demographic. But I think they were really like a lot of generic contract brews, and there wasn't a whole lot of passion or culture there. But there's a lot of up-and-coming legit breweries up there, and that's as a result of some legal entanglements that have been swept out of the way by Governor Cuomo, where they have this uh, Farm Brewing Act, and they've taken out some of like the weird rules about how you can serve beer up there. So there's actually a lot of really solid craft breweries up there. We checked out this place, Climbing Binds. They have a giant hop farm that they've been building up for like seven years and now they have uh, a whole tasting room up there and some really nice solid estate beers where everything is grown on premise that you're drinking and i liked climbing binds horse heads another solid beer they had a chili beer that was intense it was really nice and pretty different since it is a wine region i had a riesling ale that they actually had added some grape juice, and you sort of got that Riesling characteristic in it. Never really had a beer like that before. That was pretty interesting, and that was at Warhorse. Uh, Two Goats is good, and Starkey's good up there. Checked out a Finger Lakes distillery. I got myself a nice bottle of craft whiskey, some nice bourbon whiskey up there. Very solid trip, I think. Coming from PA, we have a, a little bit more cultured microbrewery scene. We're about around 200 microbreweries now. New York is bumping it up, though. Uh, They've doubled as well, just as PA has doubled from 100 breweries to about 200. They've doubled, and they're almost up to 100 now. And it's interesting to sort of check out where different areas or different regions are and different phases of this craft beer boom. So what observations have you guys made out in your area or anywhere along your travels, finding differences between where the overall quality of beers are at or different styles or influences regionally that are affecting different craft beer areas? I know you guys talk a lot about Bend, but maybe how does that compare to back home? Stuff like that. So stay arrogant and get off my Balzac. Remember Balzac? It was that thing in the 90s. Later. (laughs) Thing in the 90s? Wasn't it like a composer? I have no idea. I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is one thing that I uh, don't that I don't know if this is the chili beer phase. Like, mm. do, does it seem like a recent thing to you? Chili beers? Yeah. Because like I, at Strange Brew, like three years ago, I had a jalapeno beer. That's the first time I ever had like a spicy beer, and it was at Strange Brew, which means it's strange. And then like a year later, every brewery's got some kind of chili beer. It's pretty easy to make. I think that has something to do with it. Yeah. I yeah. I I've had some wine beers too, some wine beer, but also at Strange Brew. So, I've had beers that are aged in wine barrels that have turned out real nice. So, is Strange Brew really just the next beer thing? Uh, no. I don't think so. I'm guessing Dorito beer is going to be very popular very soon. What about the banana hammock. Banana hammock with whipped cream and sprinkles. Yes, yes, please. Uh, I feel bad for that. I feel like I cre- committed like a war crime against beer. <laughs> I thought it was great, dude. You were selling like hotcakes. I know. That's that made me feel even worse. Next time, you need to like get like a fossil and make a fossil beer, and then get a little plastic dinosaur and put it in each thing, and you'll sell a ton. What? You know what I'm talking about. What about this regional beer thing? I, I Have you had a lot of New York beers? I haven't had a ton of New York beers. No, they're hard to come by over mm-hmm. here. Goose, No, Goose Island isn't even 
Goose Island is from Chicago, I think. Was it Genesee? I've had Genesee. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Genesee, the the pride of New York beers. Yeah. All right. Well, JR, keep those coming. Actually, you you already did. They <laughs> they are they are here. Uh, but if you want to get in touch with us, please do so. 360-362-0024 or send us an email, personalairgots at gmail.com. Jesse, let's do a little tiny mat roll off. So you get to talk first on the podcast this week. We're each going to roll a D20. Whoever wins talks first. Here we go. Oof. Ugh. Four. Rolled an 18. Oh, wow. Just like the Mariners, I'm going streaking. <laughs> All right. Well, for my first topic this Hot streak or cold streak? Hot streak. They won five in a row, baby. Yeah. 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 Um, including a one-game series in New York. Um, Jesse, this week, I want to get a little personal. Oh. On personal arrogance. Uh, putting the personal on personal arrogance. Here we go. Ba, 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 personal. <laughs> nice. Thank yeah, you. I thought I would do the musical intro. I like it. Uh, so, so this this uh, this comes to me. I've been listening to the Harmontown podcast a lot lately. I, I know I've been talking about it a lot. Um, but they had a topic. I was listening to an old episode today, and they were talking about like how... Everybody loves to be offended. <laughs> yeah, it's out of control right now. Everybody fucking loves to be offended. Er- I, that I, language offends me. <laughs> and I wanted to talk to you because there are things, there are big problems in the world. There are big problems, okay? <laughs> um, uh, nuclear waste spilling into the ocean. Right. Governments being overthrown in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Donald Sterling. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm just saying, dude. There are so many. There are so many big things in the world, and everybody. It's become a thing where you can almost see the endorphins being gushing out of people as they become offended by things, and they're like, "I can't wait uh, to write the next Facebook post about this to my <laughs> friends about how I'm not racist or misogynistic or anything." But every but, but this guy sure is. Let's point our finger at that guy. Mm-hmm. And I want to I and I, I want to preface this by saying I'm not trying to say we should be insensitive. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like we are in such an I'm great and you're not society that uh, that people love to be offended because it, it feeds into this I'm great you're not narcissistic society that we have all become and it's so hard to talk about a society like this because uh you know i'm obviously also a perpetrator in that society i'm a narcissistic uh, millennial and mm-hmm. so it's like me trying to be self-aware and trying to become a better person that's got growing up exactly this is and this is the this is this is like a huge crux of it because you know i think that um there are things like institutionalized misogyny and institutionalized racism. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, there's there's being offended over little things, but there's also pointing out, uh, like, sexism, mm-hmm. specifically, like, in places like the internet where sexism has kind of runs rampant. And calling people out on that, I think, is okay. Right. But, like, getting offended for the sake of being offended. And also, like... Yes. Getting offended on other people's behalf is something that kind of irritates yes. me. Well, and the part about it is, is that 
and you know, my eyes are becoming op- more open and open and open. I'm not trying to say I'm an enlightened person. I'm just saying I'm trying to be more self-aware. Look at the freaking Buddha over here. I know, right? <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that you can point a finger and like say that guy's super racist and be super offended by what by Macklemore putting on a costume at a show. Um, and say, and th- but then by, but then saying like everybody who likes Macklemore is basically a fan of Hitler. Like, <laughs> like that's that whole thing. But the fact of the matter is, is that we, there's something called institutionalized racism that we are pretty much all guilty of because it's been ingrained in our persons and it's being able to recognize the internalized part of that. And trying to become better because of that. Not just saying, I'm not racist, but understanding the things that you are doing and the biases that you are a part of as a society. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder to actually acknowledge how you might have, uh, you know, perceptions that aren't totally fair. Exactly. Versus just saying, oh, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm great and you're not. So right. then the reason why I wanted to bring this up with you specifically, Jesse, is that you made a bold statement a while. I don't know where I, if it was if I read it on Facebook or if you said it or something in passing, just hanging out with you. You said, I'm not going to be offended by anything anymore. <laughs> I'm over being offended by stuff. Right. No. Yeah. I, I kind of vaguely remember. I think we're I think it might have been like on one of our game nights or something. Yeah. But yeah, I'm kind of over being offended. I don't like getting offended on other people's behalf, Mm -hmm. for one thing. Like, I just feel like I don't need to necessarily involve myself in certain conversations. Right. And, I don't know, it's too much energy to take things personally, so. Well, uh, like, a good example is I was on Facebook today. I follow Richard Sherman on Facebook. Uh And he posted a video of himself and his brother... (laughs) Uh, his brother is like this huge dude. Like he's like twice, easily twice the size of Richard Sherman, wow. widthwise, widthwise. Are they like the same height? Yeah, they're like the same height, but this guy is like at least twice his weight. And they were uh, basically challenging each other to run into each other, and they run into each other. And Richard Sherman hits the dude, and he like falls over. And Richard Sherman, who's like half his size, just like totally like dropped him. And he's his brother, right? In the video. They, you know, Richard Sherman is from Compton, um, and in the video, in a jovial thing, in his own house, hanging out with his friend, uh, his brother used the N-word when he was taunting him there. Mm-hmm. Somebody posted on there... I don't see race, so are they? Are, are these guys black? I'm not sure. It, I don't think anybody can see race anymore. Okay. Um, I'm, such an, I'm such an enlightened person that I don't even... I can't even tell. Right. But anyway, somebody posted on Richard Sherman, hey man, I love you, but you gotta stop having the N-word in your videos. This was like a white kid. Then <laughs> It was Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, exactly. Then, uh, then this other guy comments on his thing and says, you know, you telling him to not use the N-word is, ra- is more racist than the N-word. <laughs> and then another person commented on that guy. It was like this never-ending reciprocal thread, a snake eating its own tail of like, we need to be offended by this when we're not actually like <laughs> right. doing anything. We're just offended. It's, a, it's an avalanche of hurt feelings. But not even really hurt feelings. This yeah. is the thing about it. Like, people's feelings aren't even hurt. They get a justice boner, and they right. are excited to be offended by this thing They're because it makes them wield. feel better about themselves, right? They're I mean, that's to basically wield it. 
morality and political correctness as though it's some sort of rapier. Yes. That they can use to strike down other people on the internet and gain a, a morale, get more likes. They can parry and attay their Facebook comments. Right. Um, and yeah. whoever gets the most likes wins. It, it, yeah, and I really do think Facebook is a huge problem or a huge contributor toward this. Right. No, uh, Reddit is the same way, too. Yeah. I mean, like, Aaron posted a really nice article today about, like, the new misogyny. Right. Really eye-opening article. B- great stuff in there. And, like, one of the main things, one of the main points that I took away was the whole friend zone talk, which is huge on Reddit. Like, the friend zoning, right? Mm-hmm. If you like a girl, if you are attracted to a woman, and you become friends with her, and she decides that she does not want to have a romantic relationship with you, you have been friend zoned. You are, you guess, you friend zone yourself by becoming friends. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, doesn't every, Maybe you should have made your intentions clear from the beginning. Yeah, doesn't every relationship start with a friend zone? Well, just, no. <laughs> well, because I, sometimes you... You're like, hey, you want to go out on a date? Sure. Oh, All right. We start this relationship by dating. We don't. It doesn't necessarily get born out of friendship. That's true. And then there's also the, uh, do you want to go on a date? No. Okay, I'll never see you again in my life. Bye bye. Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. The friend zone thing is, do you want to go on a date? No. Well, can we be friends? Sure. And I'm secretly gonna be trying to date you the whole time, which is deceitful. Yeah, exactly, and this and this is something that's in green, like especially I would say in nerd culture, is right. the idea. There's a lot of tropes about it in nerd culture. Well, it's a it's a it's an idea that we're fed. Right. You know, it's like it's the Steve Urkel dude. Like, yeah, it's the Urkel syndrome. It's the Urkel syndrome, and and you know, a line from this is uh, from this article it says, "Far from a woman exploiting a man's offer of friendship, the friend zone is usually more of a matter of a man exploiting a woman's desire to be polite and safe face." To avoid accepting that the rejection is final. It's like, yeah, dude. Like, just because you're nice to a woman doesn't mean that she's legally required to have sex with you or uh, be be in a romantic relationship with you. Yeah. It's an entitlement thing. People feel like they're entitled to relationships because they act nice. Whereas maybe you should be acting nice because it's nice to act nice. And that's what humans should do. Humans should act nice to each other and be friendly to each other. And it's not... It's not about manipulating those feelings into sex or relationship. Yeah, exactly. And this is this is what I'm getting at is that this is a misogynistic thing that is ingrained in our culture that is internalized by a lot of people that I would consider my peers or my but friends. Are, aren't right? you and I right now taking the moralistic high ground and talking no. down to people? <laughs> I don't think. Well, <laughs> so that's the thing. It's, a, it's a fine line because like I'm sick of this. I want to talk about it. But is that just perpetuating it? Like, I guess, yeah, it's no, a question, I, right? I think, but I think having an intellectual conversation about it is better than saying that I am offended by this sexist dude. Having having this conversation that you and I are having uh, reveals something to us. It opens up our eyes about something, as opposed to just having a knee jerk reaction to someone, right? right. Like, no, it's, it's and this, the tone and this is of the conversation. That yeah, matters. and it's also it's not blatant misogyny. These aren't things that people are like, oh my god, that's like the most misogynistic <laughs> thing I've ever heard. These aren't the outliers, right? These aren't the guys right. burning crosses. These like this isn't this isn't uh, this isn't you know um, something that that's that's a global thing we can all point at and say that's misogyny. This is something that's internalized in a lot of people that are around us, including right. us. 
Like, and being able to recognize that in yourself and get away from phrases or mindsets that may be, may have been, uh, ingrained in you for a very long time since, say, right. the time you were watching Steve Urkel, getting to that point is actually making a difference in the world. Sitting back and saying, I'm so offended by that doesn't make that difference at all. So I should saying. stop saying, did I do that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's a fine line, dude, because now I feel like I'm on some kind of soapbox. Yeah, no, it, it it's hard to have a discussion, especially a discussion where two people are, agree, mm-hmm. you know, without it kind of uh, collapsing into some sort of moralistic circle jerk. Yeah. I like, That's why I, it's great to have someone play devil's advocate. Yeah, I also like what Aaron says. He's like, you know what? If you're not like an ethnic minority or a woman, maybe you shouldn't be the one deciding what is racist or misogynistic. Right, yeah. You, you literally have no great. idea. <laughs> That's what I mean about like um, getting offended on someone else's behalf, yeah. too. Yeah. It's like, it's the white guy on Facebook who's offended about the use of the N-word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird... It, it's a weird thing. So, weird it, I'm just saying, like, and this is all part of getting older. I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm nearing... I'll be 29 years old this year, and I'm just wondering if, like, this self-awareness and letting the hype die a little bit, uh, if this is just part of getting older, how can we ingrain this in people who are younger? Because I feel like you'd be much better off if you I were think, younger. Yeah. It's 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 like a slow march into the future, and these mm-hmm. sort of ideas are going to slowly filter down through the generations, and get things will get better and better. What needs what really needs to stop though is, uh, in terms of the getting offended thing, people have this they they feel justified getting offended off of things that aren't politically correct, even in environments like comedy clubs and people yeah. like calling out comedians, right? Like the whole Tracy Morgan thing, mm-hmm. like. Sure, maybe it was a tasteless joke, but it was a joke at a comedy club, and it needs right. to start with there. People need to be able to have a sense of humor. Well, and understand and the context. Maybe not like it. Joe at the workplace, but definitely professional comedians need to be able to be fast and loose with the rules of political correctness. Yeah, and like they are doing it in a setting that should harbor that freedom. Right. Yeah, sitting in a cube, probably not the best time to do that with all your coworkers around, right? Uh, yeah. But if you're in a comedy club, that you are in a setting that is tailor-made for that to occur. Right. And you're also doing everything with the idea that we are trying to distill, especially the comedy club scene. I feel like it's something that's been misrepresented by things like Comedy Central. Like People are workshopping most of the time. If you go right. to a comedy club in Seattle, people are workshopping their stuff, trying to fig- figure out what's funny and what's not. They're not Chris Rock in front of 50,000 people in an arena. Like... So they're trying to distill what is funny. That's the intent of what they are doing. They are exploring the boundaries to find what are the funny truths that we can all laugh at, right? Mm-hmm. Without giving them any... If you don't give them any leeway to find that, then you're going to get Bugs Bunny cartoons, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I, at my workplace, I, I have a very unique workplace. It's like nothing I've ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. And me and my colleagues... We have it's it's sort of like an unspoken agreement that there's no boundaries in the jokes we make at work. They can be bad taste, whatevers. Mm-hmm. And p- part of that, I think, like helps. I, I don't know. Maybe that's one of the things that got me to this epiphany of not being offended anymore because I I'm so constantly in this 
<laughs> this like up uh, uh, take no offense zone yeah. that you know if someone says like a stupid tasteless jerk it just like washes over me because it's whatever yeah i don't know if <laughs> maybe that's bad but well, i'm kind of okay with it because because there's an understanding of the people that we're working with you know right and there's also this idea that um you know, it's like uh, it's like you look at like I, I talked about this when I did the Fargo coverage for Bald Move. There's like a big bad character in Fargo the TV sh- show, but like the question is, if you kill that character, you catch that character. Are you really like making any dent in the evil that is in the world? <laughs> you know, and it's right. like you got to pick your battles here. Right? Yeah, picking your battles and just if we can get over this being offended for the sake of getting mm-hmm. offended fad that is going on and it's going on on the internet because especially something like twitter is such an easy way that you can just like sharp shoot someone with your political correctness mm-hmm. and not actually engage in a conversation but then you get to have mm-hmm. the moral high ground to get retweeted or facebook liked or whatever right you're like graded on it yeah you're gonna get you're gonna find plenty of people who agree with you no matter what you say it's and that and that literally gives you an endorphin rush yeah um <sighs> I think that conversation I told you we when I told you like I'm over getting offended I that might have been the same one where I said if I make a if I make a joke an offensive joke and it offends you you're not really I'm not an offensive joke if I make a insensitive joke or whatever right. joke at work and you get offended by it you're not actually really someone that I want to talk to that much <laughs> like I don't consider you you know cuz taking the political correct moral high ground is an intellectually lazy thing to do it is so you're not really someone that i want to have a conversation with anyway because i don't think you're going to be all that (laughs) interesting to talk to because your initial reaction is just oh you can't say that shame on you whereas if i do have someone like my coworkers, where we can make bad jokes and test each other's boundaries and stuff that's a much more interesting conversation to me to have yeah it's, and no one's feelings are getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation. I think that we I think we should move on. I think we've talked about all we really need to on the podcast tonight. But I'd be interested to find out what uh, some of our listeners think. So uh, please uh, light up those feedbacks. Uh, personal arguments at gmail.com or give us a call. Leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. I feel like it's part of becoming a better person is being able to let some stuff roll off your back a little bit. You're going to have to. Pick your battles. Dude. Especially when you start having kids. Like Yeah. You're really gonna have to pick and choose. Well, Ben. Plus, it's like you know, glass house first, uh, glass house throw stones type of deal, right? I mean, it's you. You should be working on bettering yourself before you try to better everybody else. Oh, definitely. Because you yeah. can't, you can't ever really better anyone else. Exactly. The only way anyone gets better in this world is by them choosing to make themselves better. Mm-hmm. So make that choice. Make that choice, Jesse. What's your first topic? I want to talk about movies. Do you know what nemesis means? All right, Eric. We've done this before on the cast. Mm -hmm. I have a movie idea that I want to flesh out with you. So excited. I'm going to give you the title. Okay. Nerd Rage. Love it. Okay. So, a group of... Let's say Eastern European terrorists or something. Mm-hmm. 
they take everyone at Penny Arcade Expo hostage. Mm. They take the entire convention hostage. Okay. And they're holding them ransom, and they want, you know, they want something. Right. And then a ragtag group of LARPers and gamers <laughs> and guys in Master Chief costumes are going to have to live up to the heroes that they're dressed up as and right? save the day. This is basically like the Lego movie, but it packs. Uh, <laughs> it's like sure. you have Batman, but he's not really Batman, but he's sort of Batman. Mm, right. <laughs> I love it, dude. So, who should we cast okay. for this? Who's okay. going to be our lead? I'm, I mean, Michael Sarah's kind of low-hanging fruit. He is, but he hasn't been a lot lately. He's more in the indie crowd, I think. I really mm. like Jonah Hill, man. Jonah Hill? I feel like Jonah Hill's got the charisma of Brad Pitt and the looks of Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, and... Um, Super bad remix. remix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, McLovin, dude. And John C. Riley are all roommates. <laughs> John C. Riley has to be in it. Yeah. He's got to be the dungeon master. Yeah, he's the dungeon master. He's like the brains behind the whole operation. So he's like dressed up as in like medieval stuff. Yeah. Well, he's got Jonah- basically just like, a, I feel like he's wearing a hoodie and a cape. He's just a cape dude and a utility kilt. <laughs> okay. Michael Sarah's dressed up as Master Chief. Okay. Oh, he's Master Chief. No, I like him as a I like him as a stormtrooper, so we can make the are you a little short for a stormtrooper joke. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. And Jonah Hill is Master Chief. Master Chief. <laughs> Definitely Master Chief. <laughs> okay, so the terrorists take over. Mm-hmm. They cut the power. Everything. Oh, they're so like they're enjoying the convention center floor, or whatever. Suddenly, right. all the lights go out, which would be super spooky. It would be spooky if the entire exhibition hall. Yeah. Which is all lit up and whatever. And then it's like, my name is Hans, and you will be our <laughs> guests for the next 24 hours. <laughs> I love it, dude. This is something that I feel like the like Austrian uh, bad guy hasn't been used since like the early 90s. Right. No, I'm going real diehard on this one. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, <laughs> so let's see. We got to work in our PAX tropes. Mm-hmm. So, like, Jonah Hill, he's getting too hot all the time. Definitely. In his outfit. <laughs> oh, God, Nerdfunk's got to be a part of it. Oh, yeah, Nerdfunk. I feel like there could be, like, stomach trouble. Like, maybe there's, like, a Pax, Pax flu. going on. Definitely around. a Pax flu. Dude, that's it, man. It's a bioterror attack. <laughs> it's a bioterror attack, Pax flu. Yes. We need you to test. We <laughs> Yeah, we need you to test our pathogens. We need to test our pathogens and you will be our subjects. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of the expo hall like going dark and then every every single one of the giant screens from all the exhibitors have Han's face on them. Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, so they got to sneak away somewhere. I like the idea it's like a Tropic Thunder thing where they all think it's like a gamified experience, but it's actually a real terrorist attack. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, because- John C. Reilly's like, like he goes there because he he- he's heard there's some kind of Easter egg big prize to be won, mm-hmm. and he he's sees like, this. Okay, because he's older. He's obsessed yeah. with this, like, 70s game that they, he right. played on, like, Apple II. And they're, and they're releasing the, the remake at PAX. They're going to have a playable demo of the remake at PAX. <laughs> right. And the pre- and it's, yeah. like, 
no one else even knows about that game, and he's right. like super psyched on it. And in the seventies, that game had some kind of Easter egg prize, like million dollar prize, hundred thousand dollar prize. Is the seventies? Come on, hundred thousand dollar <laughs> prize that was associated with it. And so he's like, "There's got to be a similar prize this year." And coincidentally, that game was about like taking a bunch of hostages for a bioterrorist mm-hmm. thing or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so exactly. like for the sequel or the remake he's like oh this is it this is it it's called like han's quest i like <laughs> it's like medieval the, what, this video game is in the, in the 70s is a medieval video game but its main character is named han and mm-hmm. then this guy pops up and he goes i am han <laughs> and he's like oh shit and he, or he like goes Hans to the booth. Quest. He like goes to the booth to play Hans Quest too, and it's like all modern remake. And he's like uh-huh. disappointed, and then Han pops up on the screen, uh, and he's like, "Oh yeah. shit!" <laughs> all right. So what's their plan? How are they going to defeat these guys? I feel like we need a few more auxiliary characters. Okay. Like I want somebody who's dressed as the God of War guy. <laughs> okay. What's his name? Thanos? No, that's Marvel. I can't remember what his name is. Kronos? Uh, Krakatoa? It's, like, it's something like that. It's, I think it's Kilimanjaro. Vesuvius? Mm-hmm. And since we were just talking about like sexism, perhaps we should throw in a female character. That might be good. No, mm-hmm. Samus, dude. Oh, yeah. She's going to kick ass. Right. We could have Samus and then... Um, and then... Eh, not Lara Croft. I don't really like Lara Croft. No, we can do, we can do better than that. We can. Uh, but Samus definitely needs to be it. Oh, we should have um, Daisy from all the Mario sports games. There you go. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Well, someone out there does. I like if it's just like also like somebody's wife, but she and <laughs> she's like experiencing along. packs for the first time, and she's like, ah, this is fucking crazy, guys. And she, yeah, she she's like the, the voice, voice of reason. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's like, I don't think, I think this. I think these are really terrorists. <laughs> they're like, no, you don't understand. This is packs. <laughs> they're always doing something like this. This is Han's quest too. Everything's a game. They've been on their Twitter account. They've been they've been teasing the big <laughs> the big thing they're going to be pulling. At <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so perfect, dude. So but who's the god? Of, who's the god of war guy played by? Um. Uh, the- Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne, yes, definitely. We same same time, dude. Dwayne the Rock Johnson for sure. And then our Samus character should be played by, um, hmm, Allison Brie. No, not Allison Brie. Um, what's her name? Uh, from Pitch Perfect. You I'm know, not sure. uh, Anna Kendrick will be Samus, and Allison Brie will be the wife. Perfect. Okay, cool. Slash girlfriend. Right. We're still uh, workshopping it, guys. <laughs> All right, so, you know, second act, they're putting their plan together. Mm-hmm. They're capturing some of their stooges. Mm-hmm. And this is when the wife, who also, like, knows how to shoot guns, is like, seriously, guys, this yeah. is a real gun. No, yeah, she's, like, uh, either, like, on the Seattle SWAT team, right. or she's, yeah. like, an ex-Iraqi veteran. Uh, ex-vet- an ex-veteran. Perfect. She's an Iraqi yeah. veteran. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. She's, like, she can actually kick ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they capture a couple of the Stooges, mm-hmm. and then then it dawns on all of them, but for John C. Riley's character, right? That this is for real. Yeah. So now they have the moral dilemma of what do they do? They're, they're like <laughs> freaking out, like this is these this is real. Someone could actually get hurt. John C. Riley 
pulls down the visor on his um, felt <laughs> uh-huh. helmet. Yes. And he says, what does he say, Eric? He says, uh, oh, God. The Han <laughs> is on. The hunt for Han is on. <laughs> and then he goes and beats him up with a wooden sword. Well, I feel like yeah, you gotta like in- you gotta incorporate all, like cosplay swords and stuff in this. Right, exactly. He's got like all the boffering swords that are mm-hmm. covered. <laughs> He's got like his boffering sword the whole time. <laughs> He's got like his fake foam shield and his foam sword and stuff. Right. And then he pulls off the foam from around his sword. Oh and shit! It's a real sword. It's a real sword. I love it. <laughs> it's a real sword. Yeah. Inside. He's like butted on Home Shopping Network. <laughs> Two forty nine ninety nine. It came with eighty knives, 80 <laughs> pocket knives. Oh my god! Oh my god! He unzips his hoodie and he opens it up, and it's all knives. I <laughs> came with the sword, John. That's not. You can't just bring knives <laughs> to pack. You cannot do that. That is literally not acceptable. It's like the first thing on the rules on the back of our tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh man, John C. Riley, dude, is perfect for this. <laughs> yeah, because we gotta have that old school. Okay, but they have to here. disarm like all of the dudes. They have mm. to get them down to like hand to hand combat. Right. Uh, so how do they get rid of the guns? How do they get rid of the guns? Because I imagine all these guys are sporting Uzis. This is like an early '90s action movie, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, this takes place at the first first packs. Yes. 2004 super early early <laughs> early 04 the late early 90s yeah early <laughs> september 2004 um i don't know they could do like some sort of swap like oh there's gotta be like the steampunk guy yeah and they get him in a room and then the lights get cut and the steampunk guy like switches all their guns <laughs> with like steampunk guns uh, there's always the spider man or like the deadpool guy he should be in on it too. Spandex yeah. Deadpool man, right? Deadpool man. Yeah, doesn't say a word, but it's all like physical. P- played by the guy who did Gollum. Yeah, exactly. Andy Serkis, <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I want like uh, yeah, this is a little too much community stuff, but I would really like to have Donald Glover be the steampunk guy. Oh no, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> so they swap all the guns out and yeah. then it's just uh then it's just uh John C. Riley and right. Hans. And then Hans grabs like one of those giant Final Fantasy swords from a cosplayer. <laughs> and then there's like an epic battle. Right, a big sword fight. And it's on and, and it's down. during the Omega Thon final. <laughs> They're, they're sword fighting, and they sword fight their way, yeah. and he backs up onto an escalator. <laughs> they sword fight on the escalator. <laughs> And then he goes to the next one. <laughs> it's like one continuous one. shot of all the escalators going up to the top floor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, and man. then when they get to the top of the escalator, all the rest of the team had cu- taken the elevator and they just right. bum rush him and tackle him. No, I love it that it goes to the Omegathon final round <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> Are they still doing back? They still yeah. do the back. They're still doing we it. We want you to enjoy the show. Do not stop. If you stop the packs, it's like speed. <laughs> if they stop the packs, <laughs> they will unleash hell. Why? <laughs> Why would they want packs to keep going? Because they can't let anybody know. Oh, they're doing. 
doing this. Yeah. Oh, they're doing it top secret. Because if they know, somehow. then they'll bring in the you know the feds. They're gonna bring in the five zero. So they got to keep <laughs> they got to keep the profile at PAX is still happening. How can you kidnap thirty thousand people? <laughs> exactly. That's the tagline. Welcome to the tagline. How can you kidnap thirty thousand people? <laughs> no one knows. Nerd rage. Oh, uh, nerd rage. Well, and you gotta have Gabe and Tycho in it. Oh, totally. And Robert Koo for sure. Mm-hmm. Hans pulls off his mask, and it's Tycho. It's Robert Koo. <laughs> I was caught. I was trying for a coup de gras. <laughs> Why did you do a coup? Why did you unleash the neurotoxin? <laughs> I wanted this to be the packs that everyone remembered. <laughs> They're pretty memorable. All, all of them are pretty memorable already. Mm. <laughs> Who's playing Hans? I don't know. I, think I mean, Seth I like Rogen's. the guy who played Snape. Or why don't you get uh, Dolph Lundgren, dude? Or not oh. Dolph Lundgren. Who's the guy from the eighties? No, that's Dolph Lundgren. Okay, Dolph. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren needs to be Hans. Perfect. Total throwback. Oh man. Well, this is great. Yeah. God, we should do this more often, dude. Nerd Rage sounds like a winner. <laughs> yep, there needs I to be agree. some some kind of D twenty. We we got to flesh out the rest of the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can use like the the D twenties to like trip people up, a la. Oh, I love it. Um, like Home Alone. We got to incorporate paint the D fours. Ah, stepping on the D fours. Oh god, <laughs> ah, the boy D fours. There's like a bunch of D fours, and then there's a bunch of Legos, and then there's a bunch of minis. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> Who? Why the pewter minis? <laughs> the pewter! The pewter! <laughs> Get to the pewter! The computer? The pewter! The pewter! I love it. Yeah, there's gotta be like a Home Alone planning scene. But Cully Culkin could have like a whole subplot. Oh my. Oh, he could totally, dude. He, I feel like he could fit in at a PAX. He for could sure. be. He could be like a PC. One of the guys that brings his own PC mm-hmm. for for the PC. Yeah, he's in the bring your own computer yeah. room, and they like figure out some like techno babble oh, yeah, way could... to network all their machines together to mm-hmm. create some kind of supercomputing <laughs> thwart machine. They 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 get together collectively and hack the system to to get the lights killed again, so they can swap out all the guns. Or, oh, perfect, perfect, oh, man. But meanwhile, they also have to play a convincing League of Legends game because yeah. one of the they one do of it the, in League of Legends. One of the hostage takers is what like looking over their shoulder. <laughs> this is the like yeah the League of Legends tournament's happening. So there's like all there's like the whatever the thousands of people who are in that room, and then uh-huh. like nothing is happening on the screen. There's one guy who's oblivious, but like everybody's in on it that they're like hacking through right. League of Legends somehow. Right, and then he's, and then everybody starts cheering, and the guy's like, "I don't get it. They didn't do anything," <laughs> and everybody's excited. Right? Yeah. No, it's good stuff. <sighs> so wonderful, so wonderful. Oh man, uh, nerd rage, dude. So if anybody has anything else we need to add to nerd rage, please let us know. Personal at gmail dot com or give us a call three six zero three six two zero zero two four. Jesse, you ready for some triv? I am. Let's triv this shit up. Uh, we're going to be doing Genus 1 of Trivial Pursuit. I'm going to be rolling a six-sided die to see which category we will do this week. Uh, six-sided die roll, if I can find my mouse, because I'm dying online. Uh, it is a four. 
And that's arts and literature, Jesse. Are you okay with that? Uh, yeah, whatever. Let's do it. Okay, this question for you. Please play along at home. What was the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz lacking? Is this one for me? Yeah. Hmm. I know what you're thinking, audience. This is a gimme. <laughs> but it wasn't a heart. He was lacking courage. Oh, no, 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 no. A brain. Ah, damn it. I was going to say, Jesse, I know what you're thinking. Because it is the brain. You got it. Uh, this question is for me. Please play along at home. What was the bullseye on Achilles? I'm going to go with the heel. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say the tendon. <laughs> well, technically. Um, it is his right heel. You going to give that to me, Jesse? Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Okay. Uh, Which is silly because, like, you can you can like tear your Achilles on your left. That's true. <laughs> Though you only have an Achilles tendon on your right heel. Uh, just these questions for you. What Johanna Spiring story is about little? Oh my god! Let me reread this. <laughs> Apparently, I forgot how to read. What Johanna Spiring story is about a little Alpine lass? Heidi. I'm going to go with uh, Hans. The Hans is on. It is Heidi. We're killing arts and literature, dude. Yeah. Question for me here. I need it to tie. What John Windham novel features Triffids killing humans? Triffids killing humans. What John Windham novel features Triffids killing humans? I'm going to go with War of the Worlds. Mm, you might be right. I'll say uh, Starship Troopers. Ah, uh, the day of the Trifids. <laughs> what? Oh. That is so ridiculous. That belongs in stupid answers on Jeopardy. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Well, you didn't win the roll-off, but you won that. I won the roll-off, which means it's time for my second topic this week. Uh, I don't really have a category for this one either. It's about toys. Oh. Uh, toys in the hood. Yeah. Loving Toys. Toys. <laughs> All right. So uh, this week, uh, Lego released something super awesome. Uh, they've been doing a lot of that lately. They have been doing a lot of it lately. They released a, a, an Ecto-1 Ghostbusters build. Oh, yeah? Which is pretty sweet, dude. Is that their Cadillac? or? Yeah, it was a Cadillac ambulance, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also get all the figurines. They also released their Guardians of the Galaxy Legos, which include a Rocket Raccoon Lego, which is like the coolest thing ever. Um, but the question I wanted to ask you, Jesse, you are a huge Lego fanatic. <laughs> I don't know if I would say that. You are a certified Lego maniac. <laughs> we all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always thought the Lego maniac was kind of silly because he built his Legos like super fast. <laughs> it's like you're missing out on the fun. <laughs> Slow down, Lego maniac, and enjoy it. Okay, so Jesse, I thought that Lego maniac was something that I made up right now. No, that's, that was like their mascot. You're such a Lego maniac that you know that that was the mascot in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you are a real Lego maniac, sir. All right. Uh, so the question I want to ask you, Jesse, we're making the personal arrogance Lego set. Ooh. Ooh. What is in it? Because first of all, mm. what makes a good Lego set? Oh my God, I would be that would be the best thing ever to be immortalized as a Lego dude. Right. I mean, they have the Simpsons Lego set now. They have the Ghostbusters Lego set. I'm pretty sure they're... Although they they do, they have the Back to the Future Lego set. The DeLorean. Yeah, they do. I have a... Oh, it's not a Lego. He's an Oyo. 
but I have an Ichiro Lego dude, which mm, is super cool. Yeah, I almost bought like a couple of the Seahawks yeah, ones. <laughs> but then they were like twelve bucks each. Yeah. Well, and I, I got like, mine on sale. Screw that. For five. Nice. <laughs> so, Jesse, first of all, what goes into a good Lego set? Um, it's all about piece count for me. Mm. So, like, this, they sell a ton of Star Wars Legos because Star Wars is such a cool brand and everything, mm-hmm. and everyone wants an X X Wing. Mm-hmm. But you get like way you get like twenty percent of the pieces versus if you bought like city Legos or just like any of the the night ones or just kind of like the generic Lego brand themes. Those Lego horses and the knights are super cool. Yeah, the horses are cool. The dragons are cool. Yeah. So, like, for one thing, you need the minifigures, the dudes. Right. So Because those are what you're going to be actually playing with. But what it, what it comes down to is when you bust it all apart, you've built it the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, having fun, playing with legs. Uh, when you bust it <laughs> apart and decide to go, you know, freestyle... Mm-hmm. That's when having those all those extra pieces becomes more fun. Freestyle Lego Maniac. Yeah. So the actually the sets that I think are the coolest are like the creator ones. Uh huh. Because those are all like the basic blocks. They don't have like a bunch of super specific weird pieces. Right. And they give you instructions to build like a bunch of different stuff with it with the same set of blocks. Yeah. So that's it'll be like badass. it could be an elephant or a giraffe or a T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we gotta start with the minifigs. What is your minifig wearing? Um, mine. I feel like well, I'd want the extra tufts. Okay, and those are boots for the layman. Yeah, I don't know, like jeans and a HP uh, Lovecraft themed T-shirt. Okay, and I'd have like a green hat and a beard, and then a mustache. Yeah, but you gotta have like the clip-on orange beard. <laughs> no. Right. No, 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 no. It'd be like the drawn-on scruffy beard. Oh, so you want the drawn-on? You don't want the clip-on? No, I want the drawn-on. I don't have that big of a beard. You have in the past. Mm, I wouldn't say it's like clip-on. Big. Dude, Jordy wedding <laughs> status. That's clip-on beard, clip-on hair. Okay, well, I I keep it much. That's true. But I'm, you know, I've grown up. That's true. I've, I've stopped taking offense and I've started uh, cutting my hair. <laughs> Excellent. I think what about I, you? I think I'm probably. I you know I really like my uh, my softball outfit that I wear. <laughs> so I guess it's uh I'll I won't wear the softball pants. <laughs> I'll go uh you know my Nike shoes, my jeans, uh my custom Walquist 13 Mariners jersey on the top, and then my probably Stone Brewing Company cap. <laughs> Nice. I was gonna yeah. say I don't know if they would be okay with like the beer thing, but that I'm like, oh wait, there's booze all over the Lego universe. Mm-hmm. Like the pirates always have booze. I have this like yeah. little, um, little Hobbit Frodo, yeah, tiny set, and he's got like a cat. He has like a whole cask and a chalice. Dude, he's your. They're European, dude. They don't give a yeah, shit about true. booze. They're like what is water? What is water? Um, We're really railing on the Europeans this week. Well, they deserve it. I think they know what they did. <laughs> World Cup time, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so what is our set? So I guess you're going to want to do one of these Lego, Lego builder sets so you mm-hmm. can make multiple sets out of the same thing. Yeah, 
I just those are cool, but typically you don't like get the mini figs with them. So I think oh. we should do like more of a traditional set. Well, I mean, the boring set is two desks and two laptops and some <laughs> microphones. It's us podcasting. Yeah, it's just us podcasting. The person no, like is podcasting. I would want so like the intro set uh-huh. um, for me because it'd be a little bit of my stuff and a little bit of your stuff, mm-hmm. and then we would each get our own like expanded set. <laughs> <laughs> I think that dude we're just building the one-eyed will brew house. That, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I want like I, I want a brew platform with like my mash tun and my kettle. Yeah, and, like a little Lego hose. That yeah, next to like a little Lego pump that goes into my fermenter. Yeah. That would be sick. So you get it's a Lego brewery on the back end, and mm-hmm. then the front end is the brew pub, right. the one-eyed will. With a <laughs> Eric's serving up frosty mugs. I'm happy with that, dude. And there's karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> and a pub trivia happening at the same time. This is, man, this oh, would man. be way too fun to make. It would be the coolest. I think we need to get some fucking creator sets, dude. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, uh, man, that'll be like the ultimate level in our Kickstarter. <laughs> we'll sell you the personal arrogance Lego set. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. And we'd, we'd have to have, like, handwritten instructions. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, they're written on, like, spiral notebook paper that's been torn out. <laughs> we are being so creative tonight. We've made a man cave, a movie, and a Lego set. Yeah. That's kind of the trifecta. I think so. So uh, let's see if you could topic with your second topo. If They could be all M's if we went with uh, Mega Bloks. <laughs> Mega Bloks. Don't <laughs> even get me joke. started. Make a joke. Yeah. Uh, So I want to talk about some science. All right. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. (laughs) An international team of astronomers, Eric, led mm-hmm. by Guillaume Anglada Esquede from Queen Mary University, reports two new planets orbiting a very old and nearby star mm-hmm. to the sun named Captain Star, which is spelled K-A-P-T-E-Y-N. Captain. <laughs> Captain? That's actually the name of my D&D character. <laughs> One of the newly discovered planets, Captain B., um, also a delicious drink, is potentially habitable as it has the right size and orbit to support liquid water on its surface. What makes this discovery highly interesting is the peculiar story and age of the star. Captain B is likely over twice the age of Earth and the oldest known potentially habitable, pl- habitable planet listed in the Habitable Exoplanets catalog. <laughs> Where can I get my hands on this catalog? I feel like this is another late night buy that you get 28 knives with. <laughs> It's, you can get it, like, mailed to you. Oh. The super-Earth Captain B orbits a star every 48 days and has a mass of at least five times that of Earth. So, Eric, do you think that's a deal-breaker? Mm-hmm. Five times? Doesn't that mean it has five times the gravity of Earth? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Wait, not, I, w- I weigh a thousand pounds on that planet. How would we walk around? We would have to have, like, robot suits a la Alien, you know? So this is really what in Wally. This is why... They had to get those floater chairs. (laughs) 
Because every planet they went to, they weighed a thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because they were fat. I can't imagine. Like, that's the thing. First of all, gravity just freaks me out so much in general. Yeah? It's crazy. Gravity is insane, dude. It's like we all live on this giant magnet that's continually sucking us toward it. Yeah, I don't know if it's magnetism. I know, but it's like that. Yeah. I mean, well. it's weird that, like, you drop something and it goes toward the center of the Earth. That's, yeah, well, that's kind it of gets, insane. It gets weird when you really think about it because yeah. of like the whole, um, man, what it, the big the Higgs boson or whatever. Yeah, it's like mass creates drag on the time space continuum, right? And that's like that creates like sort of a, a a valley that you fall into because of this crazy drag. Yeah, I mean that's like the theory of rev- relativity too. It's basically like giant things inherently suck other things toward them right yeah mass is attracted to mass it's just great yeah exactly we're just and we're just stuck we're just stuck on it we're all just weirdly stuck on it right now riding it around at thousands of miles an hour yeah Yeah, it is it is pretty weird when you like zoom out and you're like that's what's going on (laughs) it's pretty insane so just that but can you imagine going to a planet where there's now five times the gravity your body would literally like not understand what to do with that yeah you but like here's the thing though it's like when astronauts come back from like orbiting earth you know their bones get they are all brittle and stuff Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. they can't exercise like maybe there would just be like a a race of super jacked up humans who like went over there and was like oh yeah it's basically like we're powerlifting all day long and we got super duper jacked if we came to earth we would just destroy your face with our super abilities yeah isn't that what superman is basically like krypton has a much harsher environment so his body is acclimated toward that right that doesn't explain why he can fly it does also doesn't explain why he can shoot lasers out of his eyes (laughs) or has x-ray vision (laughs) Maybe X-ray vision. Maybe it needs X-ray vision to see through the dust clouds. But the lasers, no. <laughs> the, laser the lasers are a no. No, Does but the flying lasers. Yeah, his lasers coming out of his eyes. Superman is so overpowered. It's, super it's so overpowered. stupid. Who likes Superman? Like he's there's nothing he can't do. Well, and plus, well, the thing is, like, the flying thing is supposed to be that the gravity is so much stronger that he can fly forever. He's basically he can fly up into the atmosphere where he's weightless, or he can Uh, jump forever. Jumps, yeah, or he can jump forever. Don't fuck that up. Don't leave orbit. He don't accident Superman. Oh, he's super strong. But that's that's the thing. Like, (laughs) super strength does not help you when you 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 miscalculate your jump into lower Earth. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's all bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> Superman is bullshit, guys. Yeah. Anyway, I think everyone knew that. Um, mm-hmm. So, only a few properties of the planet are known. Minimum masses, orbital periods, and distances to the star. By me- this, by measuring their atmospheres with future instruments, scientists will try to find out whether some of these planets are truly hospitable wor- worlds. What? So, how, how long does it take to go around the sun? Uh, it takes like 43 days. Dude... That planet is going way too fast for me. <laughs> it's going. Did you know? Oh wait, uh, Jupiter. Jupiter like flies. Jupiter goes really fast, and it it has like a ten hour day or something. It like spins super fast too. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what's cool about Captain B is it's only thirteen light years away. Nice. So if we do have faster than li- or speed of light travel, like it's it's a doable trip. Yeah, it'll, I could have gone there twice already in my lifetime. 
<laughs> I could have gone there and back and spent three years. We get it. You're old. I'm an old man is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm turning 29. So 29! <laughs> I'm excited about Captain B. I'm excited about it as well. So, um, I mean, we'll we got to get out of this place, there. guys. We got to get out off this planet, motherfuckers. Yeah, I, I kind of want like a space station more. I want like a, a orbiting city more than going to another planet. I feel like it's so hard to build one for everybody, though. Like a planet is basically a space station that everybody can go to. <laughs> wow. Deep. That's like some Carl Sagan shit. We are on a spaceship, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Planet Earth, Earth is a spaceship. Spaceship Earth. But no, like you don't have to build a space station for everyone. It's just got to fit like 50,000 people and it's like a city and you have a bunch of those and it's like traveling around. Uh, you've been watching too much Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I have not. You've been playing too much Battlestar Galactica, the board game. Maybe. <laughs> Oh man, I love these. I love these planets, dude. I want to go. Me too. That's all I got. All right. Well, uh, that's the show for this week. Uh, we we'll get to the Facebook roundup, but before we do, we want to tell you about the Bald Move Network, guys. So much stuff going on right now on BaldMove.com. Of course, there is the Madman Happy Hour wrap up cast for season seven A. Uh, there's also the Fargo cast is up. The twenty four cast is up. The uh, Game of Thrones cast is up. We have the affiliates, the uh, lovely ladies from Los Angeles, the Because Show, uh, and Up Yours Downstairs covering everything Edwardian. Uh, right now they are in Mr. Selfridge, starring none other than Mr. Jeremy Piven. Also, there's a great video that Aaron put up uh, of Hodor. Apparently he's got a thing for Hodor. That's because Aaron is Hodor. He basically is. Yeah. Aaron is Bayron is Hodor. Oh my God! And Jesse, how could I not have talked about this already? What? We have a very special thing coming up for episode mm. two hundred of the Personal Arrogance podcast, and you made it this far in the show, which means you get the secret secret because we're going to be broadcasting this on episode two hundred, which will come up in three shows. But we all, this Friday we will be live streaming a live Dungeons and Dragons session. It'll be about two hours long. It's going to, I'm going to be the DM of it. It's going to feature Jesse as a fighter. Mm, Noel. Oh, don't, don't give it away. Oh, sorry. As a fighter. <laughs> no, that's my character's name. I'm basing him off of Noel from uh, Friends. There Cheers. There. Uh, Fraser. Fraser. <laughs> uh, so we got Fraser's Je- basically Friends and Cheers combined. Yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> uh, so we got Jesse as a fighter. We got uh, Jim will be there. Be play, he'll be playing a rogue. We got Aaron. He'll be playing a ranger. And we got Rocky Mountain correspondent Levi Jetty as the group's sorcerer. Uh, no so, healers, huh? No healers, baby. Uh, it's going to be a fun one-off campaign, and we're going to be live streaming up. Check our Facebook feed uh, and saddle up uh, on <laughs> Friday night at 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 o'clock Eastern for a Dungeons & Dragons fest. Be there. You can comment. You can you can have some fun with us. We're going to celebrate 200 that way. <laughs> the last time we did a live episode was like episode 10, and it was just like our girlfriends. Actually, I don't think I had a girlfriend at the time. And then like Jim Jones and Aaron yeah. trying to sabotage it. Yeah, it was Jim and Aaron, and I think like Corey Kershaw. <laughs> so hopefully we'll get a few more people this time, guys. So so stay tuned. Personal Arrogance, uh, Dunces and Dragons, 200th episode celebration. And if you can't make it this Friday... Just wait until episode 200 because that will be our extravaganza for the show. 
so let's get to the Facebook roundup. Uh, you can uh, find us on Facebook. We are at the Personal Records Facebook page. We're also on the Bald Move Facebook page. Uh, and I've talked about how to get in touch with us throughout the show. So do that stuff. If you like us on Facebook, we post every week. We say, hey, we're recording. What do you want us to talk about? You tell us. We talk about it. Jay says, talk about the game for PC called Daisy Standalone. It's awesome. Have you played Daisy? No, I hear good stuff about this. I also hear good stuff about Rust. Yeah, they're basically open world games where you can kill other people in their MMOs. Right, and you're like building, you're like building stuff up, but it's kind of it's like high risk all the time. And you no. can get all your stuff blown up, and you can get killed and robbed and stuff. So it's like a little mini apocalyptic society online. It sounds crazy stressful to me. I generally I'd don't love like to do a bald move Rust server at some point. <laughs> We could do that. I like that idea. I just don't like the idea of other pe- playing games with other people online because they usually hurt me. Right, but if you have like it already like some sort of external community, yeah, that could be really interesting. Set up a server. Uh, Tim says, "What's the meaning of this thing we call life?" Also, where in Australia is Jay from? First question is to uh, be excellent to each other, and I actually sincerely mean that. I like it. Uh, Bill and Ted, obviously. I'm from Canberra, specifically Woden. There you go. Answers, questions answered. Rolo says, best friends, what do you think about solar roadways? I want them for my new driveway. Fuck snow and greenhouse gases. Yeah, we don't really get snow here, so. I think that, I think solar roadways are more practical for driveways than they are for actual roadways. Uh, yeah, I, they were talking about this on Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, and they're, they were like, maybe we should focus on getting solar panels on roofs first mm-hmm. before we t- try driving over or them. driveways i mean driveway could work yeah that's also what uh one of the the podcasters was saying yeah was like she sees this as starting its life if this is going to happen like starting its life as a rich person's driveway <laughs> like most things right <laughs> a rich person once paved their driveway with xboxes <laughs> and now we all have them in our homes uh, James Patterson says, "How are you going to help celebrate the fi- five millionth bald move download?" Also, the reason why Chesapeake Bay is so warm is it has more to do with depth than pollution. The bay only averaged twenty-one feet in depth, with one fourth of that being less than six feet g- deep. Woohoo! Glacier flooded River Valley hundreds of thousands of wow, years ago. That's crazy. Let me know if you ever, especially because Puget Sound is super deep. Right. That's why it's so freaking cold. Mm. Now I understand. Mm, stars above. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me know if you ever accompany your wife to the great state of Maryland. P.S. I'm glad you enjoyed the Levi bracket. That Levi literally played a leaf. I'm out of ideas, so I tried <laughs> to do a bracket bracket. Parentheses edged out the NCAA tournament bracket in the finals. Ideas. Guys, if you have a bracket you want us to do, send it to us. Personalergic.gmail.com. I, I, I got one. Oh, what is it? I got two. We need to do the lunch bracket and the dinner bracket. You're right. You're right. We've done breakfast bracket, We've and we need to finish out the meals. Yeah. Um, and maybe the beverage bracket. Beverage bracket would be clutch as well. People like food brackets. I, I do. Uh, Rob. Oh, also, uh, 5 millionth download. Let's just say we're going to throw a D&D in that as well. <laughs> uh, Rob says, tell us what you think about the geeks who drink, and if you'd ever like to be a quiz master like me. I like geeks who drink. That's actually, They're the ones who... Uh, uh, throughout the winter, I did uh, pub trivia, and I'm not doing it in the summer because I have other things to do, like this podcast. But 
Um, I actually almost tried out to be a Geeks Who Drink host, but then I was like, I got way too much shit on my plate. Yeah, I need another hobby. <laughs> like, I need another round of explosive diarrhea. <laughs> That's called bookending, people. Yeah. Uh, but uh, something ending. Oh, yeah, dude. We get the. Oh, God. So much stuff. Um, Leland says Jim and Aaron reviewed. I'm excited. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Jim and Aaron reviewed Metalocalypse. I couldn't stop laughing. That's also on BobMove.com. Check it out. Levi says, Levi Reekin says, I've been informed recently that it is a douche move to wear a band shirt to a concert featuring that band. Uh, I disagree. Thoughts. Also, metal. And he, he sent us a link toward SwordOfDoom.com, which apparently is super metal. Nice. Um, I don't think it's douche. I just think you're not supposed to do It's kind of a taboo. Yeah, I don't think it's douche. I don't think it's like I, I wouldn't douche. see someone and be like, what a douche. I just think it's taboo, but it might be so taboo that it's now hipster cool. Mm. But only if it's from like three tours ago, and it's got all no. the tour dates on the back. No, it's from that tour that you're on now. <laughs> just bought... I missed the second song because I went and bought the shirt. <laughs> I love it. No, I remember going to shows in college and like going and buying the shirt and then like trying to carry it around the rest of the time because like i couldn't put it on because i was at the concert <laughs> college uh anthony says how are you gonna get the la dippers to move to seattle it's not gonna happen but we do have a new another owner in our ring steve bomber former ceo of microsoft so that's good news <laughs> it's, it's just all microsoft guys yeah i know this is what i'm saying if we get it if we get another if, like if bill gates wants to have a team like he's gonna get a team a instantly B, it would be like point zero 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 two four of his fortune to buy a team. Right. Three. Uh, he's like out curing malaria and stuff, though. Let's let him do what he's doing now. How about he I'm just puts okay it in the that. Sonics Community Fund, and then it can be a community-owned team like the Green Bay Packers? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Let's not distract Bill Gates yes. from. I'm just <laughs> saying, like literally a, curing diseases. In a, in a hypothetical world where Bill Gates buys uh, the Sonics, then you would have a Microsoft owner in all three West Coast states because Paul <laughs> Allen owns the Blazers, and then now you have, uh, uh, you know, Steve Ballmer owning the Clippers. Paul Allen owns the Seahawks and the Blazers. Yeah. Jeez. That's what I'm saying, dude. I mean, I know Portland, Rip City, go for it, but you own the fucking Blazers. Why don't you just move them to Seattle? Let's do it. And <laughs> JR says, Mark Summers from Double Dare just told us the STFU at Dunker Dare, which is at Philly Beer Week. Not only was this an intense trivia showdown, but an epic nail-biter Yards versus victory in the finals tomorrow night. Pies and eggs to the face and Harvey's Handjobs physical challenge was the slaughterhouse best vacation. I don't understand this dude. <laughs> this is some sort of code. This most gibber. This, this guy. I think that this is a code responding to the frame. Right. Shop. Yeah. Yeah. There's another. <laughs> Evelyn is uh, getting information on who the frame. Yeah. Stop with this. Exactly. Oh, Harvey Handjobs going down. <laughs> Worst then, gangster name ever. And then finally, Justin Hubert says, fuck, I missed it. No, you didn't, Justin. You made it. You slipped right in there. <laughs> um, all right, so that's the Facebook round of this week. We're going to do some recommendations to call it a cast. Jesse, what's your first reco? Oh, witch hazel pads, my brother. Have you used these? Mm-mm. Witch hazel pads when, when your butthole's on fire, basically. <laughs> Instant relief. See, I... This is getting way too graphic. 
this is getting real personal. Does this not happen to you? Well, I I have baby wipes on hand at all mm. times. You know, still sometimes baby wipes ain't even enough. I'm just saying baby wipes for dessert after a while. You know, like you use toilet paper for the main course, you use baby wipes for dessert. You're always happy. Mm-hmm. That's no, as graphic no. as I'm getting. That's a popular that's a popular trend these days. But if yeah. I mean, witch hazel will like heal it up in case of emergency. Wow. I wish you could have seen the hand gesture I just made. I don't need... Okay, this is too much. This is way too much. Uh, I'm getting my, offended. My first... <laughs> oh my god. Uh, my first recommendation this week uh, is going to be... Um, I had one. Oh, um, uh, that's just dragons, guys. If you haven't DM, DM it. <laughs> So it's like three weeks in a row. And also, if you haven't, if you're gonna, if you don't know how to DM, just listen to me because I don't know how to DM, but I'm gonna be DMing this Friday, and it's on a live stream, so everybody can witness it. Right. So but you were trained by the master. I was trained by the master. The DMM. And Jesse, what's your psycho reco? Oh, Bachelorette! I actually love this show. <laughs> I'm hooked. It's so funny to me because there's just so many bros, especially at the Uh beginning. There's like 20 bros. (laughs) And there's this funny scene where like uh, she was like uh, rappelling down the side of uh, the hotel that they were all staying in Uh with one of the dudes. And like all the rest of the dudes are in like the same hotel room (laughs) as she goes by. And they all like go up to the window and start banging on it. What? <laughs> it's just like pure monkey mentality. I feel like... It's like, we are apes and this proves it. But like, The Bachelorette's great because it's so many bros and they all like kind of get along. Well, they're There's all no, bros, like, dude. cheering each other on all the time. Like, you get to go on the date. Good, good job, dude. It's crazy. Wow. It reminds me like... So like, Elk... Like elk travel, you know. A herd of elk is like the alpha male, and then like all the women, uh huh, and all the all the other male elks mm-hmm. like travel around, and they're called satellite elks, and they like travel in their like bro pack. Well, like lions are the same way. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, you'll it's, just it's like, exactly when I was in Africa like on safari, when we went and we came upon these three male lions who were hanging out. They're like they were like adolescent. They like didn't you could tell they didn't have their whole manes. Right, they're like the adolescent male lions are just chilling. Yeah, no, that's what it, that's what the Bachelorette is like. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> awesome. So the Bachelorette, or and not the not the Bachelor, just the Bachelorette. Bachelorette, I haven't watched the Bachelor. I feel like you will. <laughs> so you, you you can let us know how that goes. All right. And then my second recommendation this week, it's coming up, and this is another thing that's consuming a lot of my time, and also just you know consuming your time as well. HP Pupcraft Love Crawl. Oh, man, it's, this is an early reco. I know, but it's going to be big. It's going to be bad. It's going to be awesome. If you're going to be in the Seattle area on August 30th, uh, we uh, we're we're planning this thing to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I so I made the because we are selling tickets this year. They're five dollars a piece, and I made like the Eventbrite for that. And somebody already bought two tickets. What? <laughs> like, I, I've not advertised it at all. That's awesome, Somebody, man. like, Google searched it and then bought two tickets to it already. <laughs> wow. Wow. So cool. I'm very excited, dude. People I think are excited, yeah. We're going to make something very special. Um, yeah. So, HP Pubcraft Love Crawl. If you're going to be in Seattle Labor Day weekend, please join the fun. 
It's going to be a blast. All right, Jesse, thanks for the great show, man. Thank you, Nerd Rage. Nerd Rage, uh, Nerd Sage is on this program. <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> Guys, remember that wherever you go. Whatever you do. Please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant. Boop, <laughs> boop,